Thanks so much for listening to the Clifton Church of Christ sermon podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen, and we hope if ever you're in Clifton, Texas, you'll stop by and say hello. We hope you enjoy this sermon. I have a little small little sermonette that I want to read, but before I do, there is something that I've been thinking about today. First of all, it's incredibly rare and special that you get to see pictures of a kid growing up and having their senior Sunday at the church that they grew up at, and that's a pretty cool thing. And uh, another thing that uh, I kept thinking about, and uh, Steve articulated this well the other day, but I've thought this my whole life, but one of my favorite things about growing up in a local church was that the family, the way it felt like a family. And one thing Steve said the other day, uh, we were talking, it was right before your track meet, but it was, it was like when, and he was using, he was just saying examples, but he was like, you know, when, when Caitlin goes and runs and does well, we feel like we did well. And uh, that's something that is truly special about being a part of a church family. And uh, I think it, it's kind of funny. I, I told my parents this the other day. Uh, the second I started working here, whenever people, not all the time, but when people would give me a compliment, this is what they would say next. They'd say, be sure and tell your parents that you're doing a good job. They'd say something like, hey, man, that went really well. Tell your parents. And all my growing up, it was just, you know, hey, good job. But now it's good job, tell your parents. And that's because they know as parents, y'all know as parents, that what it means when you hear your children are, are doing good and what it means to you. And uh, so as your church family, I want you to know that when you do well and whenever you are a witness in your community, it means a lot to us because we get to feel like your family and your parents and an extension of that. But I want to read from a psalm. A psalm that's been on my mind recently, Psalm 130. And this psalm is applicable for three reasons. One, it's applicable for all of us. It's the Bible. Uh, two, it's applicable because it kind of connects with our Ruth and Naomi series. Uh, you know, finding a way to keep that connection. And then I also think it's a, a relevant message for you as you start on this next chapter. So I, uh, if you want to turn in your Bibles, or you can listen to me. But we're going to be reading from Psalm 130. And... Uh, Bear with me. Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. More than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. So I think this message is for all of us, and also for you. Um, you're going to start in this new phase, and there are going to be multiple times where you feel either lost, or you feel like you're in a time of waiting. And so whenever you think of Psalm 30... When you feel lost, have confidence in the truth that God is working in your life and He desires to redeem His people and to redeem you personally. In this life, there will be many ways that we witness God's redemption and restoration. Like Naomi, we are able to see her tragedy and we see her cry for God's mercy. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Hear, Lord, hear my voice. Be attentive to my cry for mercy. And we see by the end of the story, we see her restoration. Sometimes in life we will not see God's redemption so clearly, so easily, so evidently. 
However, we can always know that he is the God of restoration and redemption because of his greatest display. Through sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, to restore us, to give us new life, there is no greater evidence of God's working to bring you into a new life, into a resurrected life, whether you witness it in this life or not. And then the main reason, another reason why this psalm I think is so important is uh, this psalm talks about this idea of waiting on God. And I remember uh, one thing I've thought about many times now that I'm an adult uh, is that life was pretty structured for me from K through 12, uh, which was a great thing for me because I thrive on structure. I like structure. I'm the type of person, I always joke, I would have been perfectly great in the military because I'm great at, you tell me what the goal is, you tell me what the objective is, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to try to do it better than everybody else. And you strike me as someone that is like that also. I don't have, you know, whereas other people's personalities, whenever you say, hey, here's the objective, you need to write a five-page paper, it's, uh, why do I have to write this? Why do I have to, or... The first question is, why is that the objective? You know, some of y'all are like that. And by the way, I need y'all in my life. Because I'm not. You know, someone tells me to do something. It's like, all right, I'm on it. I'm going to do it. Like I said, I'm going to do it well, do it, do it better. And that's basically really good for us who grew up going to school. Because from K through 12, it's here are your tasks in school, in extracurriculars, in sports. Do it well. And then you have a summer break. And then do it again. And then you have a summer break. And that's basically all you've known. And that's all, and that was great for me. Such structure to be able to know that. But now for the first time in your life, even though you are still gonna have school, for the first time in your life, you are entering a time where you technically don't have to. You are entering a time where there is no path you have to pick from now on. And part of what comes with that is seeing and, and witnessing for the first time in your life, you will watch other people go through phases that you want to be a part of at a different, a different pace than you. You will have choices available. You'll see people having their life move faster or slower than you, and you'll be wondering like why life is maybe passing you by sometimes. You're maybe going to notice and you're going to say, you know, she's already got a career, and uh, this couple over here, they're already, or maybe I've got these backwards. Yeah, no, I got it. Um, you might think, oh, wow, she's already engaged to somebody or he's already getting a promotion at his job or oh man he's uh, they're already getting a house and you may be watching where you're at in your life thinking like when when's my turn for those things uh, or for those others of you it might be man they're already retiring man they're already getting to go on trips to Europe um, I don't know if I'm ever gonna get to go on a trip to Europe or or you know, they're already building their dream house. Are we going to get to build our dream house? We all go through this the rest of our life of comparing ourselves to the pace in which other people are getting to move or not. And it will never stop. There is a tendency in our culture to have zero patience for life. Why are those good things not happening in my life? Or when will these difficult times I'm going through now come to an end? When can I progress to that next level? And we very rarely ever stop and notice where we're at. But Psalm 130 reminds us to wait for the Lord and to put our hope in Him, to rely on His pace and His promises like a watchman who waits for the light. That analogy, many of you probably haven't had to stand guard at a gate during a night shift. But the idea is, as a guard standing there all night, there's a question of, 
could someone come and attack us? And there's an, a level of anxiety of, I've got to stay awake because danger could come at any moment in this darkness. But the second the sun starts to creep over the horizon, there's a certain peace and calm that the watchman knows, okay, the odds of someone coming and attacking us during the day are lower. And as the light rises, it starts to bring this sense of security. I made it, we made it through the night. And just like in the psalm where it says, like the watchman waits for the morning, we wait for God. So when you find yourself, both Caitlin and everyone here, when you find yourself impatient or lost, when you find yourself feeling like everyone else is living life and you're lagging behind, when you find yourself feeling lost or broken, empty and frightened, remember this, with God's arrival, and He will and does arrive always, comes love. With God's arrival comes generous redemption. I'm going to read Psalm 130 again, but with a little uh, different rendition that I'm familiar with. Out of the depths I cry to you, in darkest places I will call. Incline your ear to me anew, and hear my cry for mercy, Lord. Were you to count my sinful ways, how could I come before your throne? Yet full forgiveness meets my gaze. I stand redeemed by grace alone. I will wait for you. On your word I will rely. I will wait for you till my soul is satisfied. So put your hope in God alone. Take courage in his power to save, completely and forever one, by Christ emerging from the grave. Now he has come to make a way, and God himself has paid the price that all who trust in him today find healing in his sacrifice. I will wait for you through the storm and through the night. I will wait for you, surely wait for you, for your love is my delight. I will wait for you, and on your word I will rely. I will wait for you till my soul is satisfied.